0: You're listening to The Elephant Test. We're dedicated to the B2B marketing community and here to explore the practices, thoughts, and ideas of effective B2B marketing executives. Thanks for joining us on The Elephant Test. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Ali Jowen about uh, marketing automation. Ali, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Excellent. Before we get into it, um, let me give you a, a proper introduction here. Um, Ali, and I keep saying uh, Ali, like Muhammad Ali, it's Ali, right?
1: Uh, yes, I'm not that good at throwing a punch. I've never done it in my life.
0: <laughs> so the Muhammad Ali of, uh, of marketing automation here. <laughs> Ali is a global marketing automation manager at Risk Methods. Uh, she's responsible within their, their marketing for providing best practice guidance uh, marketing systems management, enabling technical infrastructure, and reporting and analytics for all marketing functions. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Ali, can you give us a brief overview of what uh, Risk Methods does and kind of what your day-to-day is over there?
1: Uh, certainly. So anyone who's a marketer probably hasn't heard of risk methods because we don't do anything that will in any way uh, benefit for you. Uh, we're a SaaS product for uh, tier one manufacturers. Uh, we have a SaaS solution that helps uh, manufacturers identify risk across their supply chain, uh, the impact of uh, supply chain disruption and how to uh, mitigate the risks within their disruption. So the people we're uh, trying to uh, make contact with and really educate are manufacturers who are a little wary of a SaaS technology. They're a little bit more behind in the sales and marketing space, or sorry, they're more behind than I think we are in adopting uh, digital transformation, Uh, but we really do give them uh, unprecedented visibility into their supply chains uh, to protect themselves from risk. And my day to day here at methods is making sure we can communicate with all of our uh, customers and prospects effectively so they get the content and education that they need at the right time. But finding out who are the right people and what is the right time and what the right information is that they need. Uh, that's really the trick. And that's where uh, I come in with marketing automation because uh, all of
0: that, right. That's, that's the whole job, right? That's exactly. the whole job of marketing. I had somebody recently, uh, I was uh, doing some market research and I asked them, you know, if you could have one thing and my company mountain top day is a data company. I was asking if you could have one thing in your data, like something you don't have now, something that you just, you wish you had, but you don't think it's possible. The, what's the main thing you'd want? And they said, Oh, I'd want to know when people are ready to buy our product. I said, well, <laughs> You, you don't want that because then you don't have a job anymore. Like that's your whole job. <laughs> that's, that's not going to, there's no magic button for that. It just, at some point it takes person to person and, and doing the work, um, which is good. It keeps us all employed in marketing.
1: Exactly. I was going to say, you know, that there is always upsell, but no, it's the same thing. There has to be uh, for, you know, I think any, as much as things go digital for any, you know, real enterprise sales, when we start dealing with multiple zeros, there's always going to be a uh, human being at the end of that. So it's how can we make our technology smarter to listen to the signals so we can get that human-to-human interaction going faster.
0: Right, right. So risk methods, as you mentioned, isn't really something that's specifically within the B2B marketing scope. But you, I mean, the reason we have you on is you do B2B marketing and you're, you're a bit of a marketing automation expert, I'd say. And you'd mentioned uh, you know wanting to discuss simplifying marketing automation. And I, I really like that. Anytime we can simplify something, it's good. Um, so- Getting into this, oh, actually, you know what? Before we get into the B2B marketing part, I want to address one thing with you. I, I usually like to kind of ask people how they got into B2B marketing, but I want to rattle off maybe a little bit of an extended uh, bio here for you because <laughs> your um, your work history is is very, very interesting. Uh, I, I see you started out as an intern in the British Parliament, um, and then you interned for a U.S. representative uh Carolyn Maloney, and then you were a press intern for then Senator Hillary Clinton, and then a production assistant at CNN, and then you did work at Viacom, and then you were a blogger for Turner Broadcasting Channel, um, and this whole time you're getting a degree in philosophy.
1: Yes. And <laughs> then you went
0: on to work as an instructor at Amherst, right, mm-hmm. where you were getting your degree and then you got, and I can't tell what the timeline is or any of this, everything is, you're doing so many things overlapping all the time, but you got your PhD in philosophy and ancient Greek philosophy with a focus on stoic metaphysics. Is that?
1: Well, I didn't finish. Is, that, day, is right? that correct? It's all correct. I didn't finish because I got a job uh, at uh, Yesware, a sales startup company uh, in marketing. So that's where my academia uh, career ended up. Uh, but
0: this and that's where things went to B2B marketing and got really interesting for me because you went from instructor at Amherst getting a PhD in stoic metaphysics <laughs> yeah. to to B2B marketing at Yesware. And I just don't understand how those things are are connected. I mean, maybe this is stoic metaphysics. Does nobody get a PhD? Do you find out towards the end that the I, I don't know anything about that? type of philosophy, whatever it is, but is it kind of, Hey, you shouldn't be getting a PhD in this philosophy. That's the whole philosophy. Uh, Um, (laughs) No one should
1: be getting a PhD in philosophy because the job market's so terrible. Uh, so yes, we're behind that transition was, uh, will anyone pay me to do anything else? And I wasn't sure if the answer was going to be yes, because I had been in grad school for so long by that point.
0: Uh, So that PhD is what you work on until you get a job at Yesware. Is that kind of the, uh,
1: you know, the, the plan, you say. just you
0: keep moving forward in that path and, until you get a job. But in B2B marketing,
1: B2B marketing and philosophy have a lot in common. Uh, and it's actually one of the reasons why I think marketing automation uh, made so much sense to me. so far as to just uh, backtrack a little, the reason why I had to become an expert at marketing automation wasn't because I wanted to at all. Uh, I wanted to stay away from it as much as possible, but I had seen uh, from previous, I'd seen from friends and even at my current companies that if you couldn't control the numbers, if you couldn't say for certain uh, what marketing was bringing to the pipeline, what they were bringing to the table, if you couldn't point to Salesforce and see this is where it comes from, then you had absolutely nothing. You were saying uh, marketing was in danger. Right. And I never wanted to be in that position. So, while uh, at risk methods, when we bought Pardot, uh, because everyone else was frankly more terrified of marketing automation than I was, uh, I was like, okay, well, someone's got to do it. So it'll be me. And I thought it was going to be awful and painful. And then as I started getting into it, I realized. This is actually exactly what I was teaching my undergraduates at UMass Amherst about basic philosophy. All marketing automation really is, is the two most basic rules of logic that we have. Uh, The fancy terms are uh, modus ponens and modus tollens, uh, which basically says uh, if something is A, it equals B. Uh, And then the other one is if A happens, then B happens. Marketing automation, uh, I'm familiar with Pardot and Marketo and HubSpot, but I know there are other systems. They all actually function on those same principles. So I think there's actually an argument for start in philosophy and then you can do anything else, including B2B marketing.
0: I love it. I know a degree in philosophy isn't direct. It's not like you have a trade and you can weld when you come out, but I think everybody should. It it, it should be a side because it applies to everything. So you're kind of saying that, I mean, the marketing automation is really creating a linear connection throughout your marketing of being able to say this led to this led to this. And, uh, I mean, I I've seen it over here. I've seen it everywhere. I think it's, it's part of the downside for marketers. Everybody used to love to hide marketing because there wasn't direct accountability, but now you have to justify just like a salesperson, your existence kind of, you have to show ROI for each of your activities because it's all trackable back through these, these marketing automation systems and, and that kind of stuff.
1: What I tell my team uh, every day is that if it didn't happen in Salesforce, or if it's not recorded in Salesforce, it never happened.
0: Oh my God, we say uh, that with our CRM <laughs> too. If it's not in there, it didn't happen. Exactly. Oh my God, I love it.
1: And I understand the difficulty. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, people will say, "Oh, but this event was great," and I'm like, "No one's going to remember this event in six months, or just because you remember it, unless it's in Salesforce, unless it's the right lead source, the right campaign." It doesn't matter. So everything uh, and I've, this is something I've been working on a lot with risk methods has been whenever we start any campaign, uh, there used to be some pushback on, oh, we'll think about tracking later on. Now we talk whenever we say, oh, we want to do this project. We talk about how we're going to track it or the operations from the very beginning, because that's really there's so few things you can't do with marketing automation. It's usually there are only things you can't do if you didn't set them up correctly at the beginning,
0: right right i I love it when we talk about events here. we say we're not doing an event unless we have a plan ahead of time. We have an integrated campaign ahead of time. We know exactly what we're doing. we know how everything's being tracked. We're setting up to talk to people at the event like it's what what's the purpose in doing some people just do events they show up, hope something happens. they don't realize the how short the half life of somebody's attention is. Once you get that lead with somebody, once you make any contact with them, yeah, if you don't capitalize on it, it goes away so fast. Same with sales. I mean, I, marketing is becoming sales. It's you know we're really get, we're really getting absorbed through these kind of tools. We're we're just becoming sales assistants, kind of.
1: Well, I think you know the the divide, especially between the SDR role and marketing. You know, I think it's really a toss-up whether SDRs should report into marketing or into sales because it's it's such a blurred line. And as you mentioned, uh just you know a minute ago, that on the one hand it's hard you know, it's it could be a challenging time for marketing that we're really on the hook now because, you know, everything's expensive, but you see trade shows that are fifty thousand dollars and that's a whole other level of expense that we have to justify. Yeah. But the good news is that we're not the only ones on the hook sales is also on the hook as well. A sales dev is on the hook. And that as soon as you get that marketing tracking in place, then the next thing you do is start measuring the handoff is marketing, delivering leads and how quickly is sales picking up on them. And that once you start, you know, now everyone's accountable and it's a little scary and it's not fun when not everyone's accountable equally, but then yeah. when everyone's accountable, you can say for a trade show, listen, our strategy here is just to get email addresses. We don't care about direct comp. We don't care about getting a meeting right away. We just need emails to nurture. I doubt that's anyone's strategy, but you could say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really uh, just making sure that everyone's measured.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it actually brings sales and marketing closer together because when, you know, marketing sales used to fight a lot. Sales would, would you know, blame it on marketing when they didn't succeed and marketing would say, hey, we're doing our job. You, you guys need to do yours. But once you have the accountability across the board, now the way we handle the SDR thing you said, same exact, I'm sure a lot of people out there are saying, oh my God, yes, this is, we experienced this exact same thing. We were debating who manages our SDRs, who gets credit It was another, is it for the SDRs, basically, the, the leads they generate. Do those count towards marketing's efforts or sales efforts? Marketing's feeding them, but sales is training them. And there's all these, uh, you know and, and then who's overseeing them directly? well, that's going to be a sales related person, not a marketing so yeah they are this weird hybrid in between kind of thing. but what we did here is we just said you know marketing works for sales now that they're highly accountable, they work for sales that basically that department is under the sales department, and their their sole job is to feed sales and support sales so the the these s d r s can be halfway in between it's fine, it doesn't really matter. the accountability all kind of flows up through through the sales anyway and I find once the sales people see that the marketing people are also accountable then it's all like oh we're all in the same boat rowing together now there's no longer this, this invisible barrier between them where they can you know just kind of throw stuff at each other and blame the other side because you can see exactly what's going on uh, w- with these kind of systems so yeah i find i think it it brings up us a lot closer our sales team loves our marketing team now because they look at it and say oh you know look what you guys are giving to us because once the marketing team's accountable then you know performance, you get better results when people are held accountable. I guess that's why we have these kind of tools.
1: And uh, one thing that i uh, was actually very uh, surprised at, but pleasantly was that our SDRs are really interested in marketing automation. They want to learn more. and, uh, and this is I'm embarrassed to say this. Uh, when I first started getting some requests, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I like in my head, I'm like I've got real stuff to do. Uh, and I shouldn't have because then when uh, we had a company kickoff in January, there, uh, the SDRs had excellent ideas that were pretty easy to implement that made their jobs a lot better, a lot faster. And, uh, some, and then what I realized is here's the disconnect. They were asking me not for what they wanted or they weren't telling me their pain point. Uh, what they were telling me is what they wanted me to do because uh, that's how they thought the pain point would be solved. But once I think we just accidentally uh, started chatting one day when I was like, oh, wait, is this why you want this done? Oh, well, if that's what you want, oh, I can do this really easily and really quickly. And that's made a huge difference. And it's one thing I'm still working on right now. Uh, how, much sh- how much should they know? Uh, how much do they need to know? So, you know, I know salespeople, you know, you, you want them focused, you want them on trading. But I do think if they have a better knowledge of marketing automation, if they can understand some of the capacities, what the system can do, what it can't do, then it really gives them uh, just a whole new tool set to work with. It makes them so much more creative. Uh, It gives them, they can do so much more on their own in terms of messaging, in terms of gathering insights that I I really think there's a bigger benefit for everyone having sort of a baseline understanding.
0: And SDRs are kind of, I mean, you talk about marketing is held accountable, sales is held accountable. SDRs are kind of in, in a worse position where they're stuck between the two. And they're held accountable, so yeah, they want to give feedback. They want better results. You know, they want to be able to say, um, you know, here's what we need in order to generate the leads that are going to basically, you know, make us look good and keep us employed and and doing well in our job. So yeah, I think anytime you can get people to give feedback instead of, you know, without something like marketing automation, without all this this view into what's actually going on, um, you get all the finger pointing and stuff like that and you get people basically making complaints instead of what we say around here is there's no such thing as a complaint there's just feedback and then there's get out of my office kind of uh, and, <laughs> and that's it <laughs> say don't don't come to me with something you know that's not feedback if you're not doing your job it's going to be obvious because you have the accountability and the and the the in, the view into what's going on and uh you know so it's just yes give feedback so we can make things better but if your feedback is that you need to do a better job, you know, don't come to us and tell us that, just do it. Exactly. Uh, we're, we're basically, it's like, it's like having children. You say, I, I know what's going on. I'm watching you. So don't try to lie to me. This oh, this gives us a constant surveillance on what's going on. So we can look back and say, no, here's what happened. Here's what's really going on. Um, and yeah. And I think once you start just kind of micro looking at little details, I almost said managing uh, <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> looking at little details for accountability, you People snap into shape and you just get so much better results that, you know, they know they can't shave the corners here and just blame stuff on it here and there. it's all of a sudden they have to, they have to actually, you know, actually do stuff and, and perform. So, you
1: no, know, it's uh, interesting. Uh, we you know one thing I mentioned earlier about is that, you know, I do have teaching experience as part of my uh, PhD, but one thing I've noticed, uh, across, uh, marketing and sales is that how you, ex- that you. You can very rarely send one message to everyone, especially if there's an education component and have them understand it because everyone learns differently. So I was really I was doing these trainings for marketing and for sales and some people would get it, some people wouldn't. And then I sort of stopped myself thinking, wait, yes, people are a little bit older than when you were you know, teaching undergraduates, but people still don't graduate college and all learn the same way. Everyone learns differently and that if you're going to uh, train SDRs, train sales on marketing automation on Salesforce, that you really have to think about how does this person learn? Uh, You know, you can't always do one on one trainings. That's certainly not sustainable. But what I've uh, one thing I found a lot of success with is what I call sort of mixed trainings. Where I'll let's say I have one hour because I don't think anyone can really focus for longer than that on marketing automation and training. Uh, I now split it out into sort of three sections. Uh, one section, and they all cover somewhat similar material, so it doesn't get boring. But what, you know, I'll sort of start off more with storytelling because I know uh, that tends to be the most effective way to get people alert to learn. To learn. Uh, then I'll resort to slides because sometimes you just need to see something, and you know, people seem to get very nervous in meetings without PowerPoint sometimes. And then right. I'll often end with uh, sort of you know live exercises, and it's not that I mean I think all three build on each other and help, but it's really hard to get people to not think something scary if they don't understand it. And yeah, most I feel that so many trainings are just geared towards the most linear way of learning. And people just pick up, they don't pick up information like that. So that the more we can make uh, information available, especially to younger employees, in a way that they understand it, we're just going to make our, all of our lives so much easier.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to jump to uh, uh, to get more on the, I mean, we've been talking about marketing automation this whole time, but I've got some specific things around marketing automation that I think uh, everybody probably wants to uh, wants to find the answers to here kind of. Um, and so can you give for people who don't know what is really meant by marketing automation at all? Can you give just kind of a basic idea of what our marketing automation is? Like what, what the basic functions are that it, it achieves for people.
1: (laughs) That's an absolutely excellent question. And I have a few (laughs) answers for that. Don't worry, I'll stick with the uh, not boring ones because it's,
0: it's, a it's, big, it's tough. I mean, everybody monster. refers to their tool as marketing automation. And they and half of them do a bunch of different stuff. Um, but it's all called, called marketing automation. So is there any kind of general?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'd say it's almost what it isn't, uh, or is what I'd start with. It's not MailChimp. Uh, so it's not just sending emails. Uh, you know, first, we used MailChimp when we first started, uh, both at-risk methods and at uh, Yesware. It's a great tool as you get started. And I think a lot of people think of marketing automation as, Oh, it's like MailChimp, but now I can schedule emails or I can do nurture campaigns.
0: Actually, yep, I had that I, written down as one of my options. I know there's a lot of tools <laughs> out there that all, but everybody, every email delivery system, they yeah. all want to capitalize on this kind of hot topic of marketing automation. So they all add some little function where you can, you know, if your Outlook has an autoresponder function or out of office, they're going to call it, you know, marketing automation. Yeah. Uh, because if you automate anything, they, they want to add that tag to it. So, yeah, what can we throw out? We've thrown out MailChimp. Yeah. Um,
1: it's, uh, it's also not a CRM.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. Uh, All CRMs call themselves marketing automation. I'm sure some have some built in, but.
1: Where, what I define, or at least my, marketing automation is the system where you make sense of your data. Mm hmm. And by that, that I is mean- a
0: very PhD in philosophy description. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't get away from it because you have all your name in sales. You have, uh, you know, we use Salesforce, but I know there are a ton of other CRMs. You have all your names there. You can contact them uh, through their, through Salesforce, your own inbox. But what marketing automation can do that other tools can't do, I mean, uh, not a CRM or an inbox, is how do I find the people I need? And mm-hmm. by that, I mean, uh, how do you, or, and that sort of gets back into another conversation about how do you organize your data. But marketing automation is what lets you, I want to email all of my customers who are interested in this product, in this location, about this trade show we have in this area. Marketing right. automation is what lets you find those people. Or so is there's kind of a layer
0: between are. your CRM, your marketing data. Um, and it's a layer between all these tools that are calling themselves marketing automation kind of.
1: Exactly. And I think, uh, so as I said, I think I said, you know, we use a Pardot what I actually Mm. think of as the marketing automation aspect of Pardot isn't, I mean, I love all the automations. Those are great. They certainly save time, but what I actually think of the automation, uh, part of it being, oh, I can set a list of criteria ahead of time, which is if you, met, if you hit, uh, this is your job title, this is your level of interaction with us, this is the activity you've taken, you'll automatically be added on to this nurture program because we decided that if you hit these markers, you should be nurtured or this is the information that you're ready for right now. Yeah, the automation part is not the automating, oh, you get that message, but sort of the inherent logic that, Oh you, you you this is who you are and because you are this person, you are now going to be treated this way.
0: So you're saying it's not necessarily a like a cadence from the top to bottom saying here's all of our people now as they do these things, filter them through you know oh they hit our website now send this or um, whatnot it's you're saying it's more like you have all this data you want to market to and you can identify different buckets it might go into for different activities. And you just want to say, okay, here's here's maybe an SDR is cold calling something. And you're saying once in the CRM, that SDR makes contact with them, um, and it's going to get passed on to a salesperson, they're going to go into a specific bucket that gets a specific piece of content sent to it or or whatever automation is, is set up there, um, or, or get filtered into a different type of email campaign at that point. Or I guess sometimes probably filtered out altogether of marketing. Is that more... So it's really managing your marketing list and how you're contacting people instead of having to go through. And I mean, it is called automation in a manual yeah. way and, and, and filter these things up every time you want to run a campaign. You're saying you're just setting these rules ahead of time for, you know, who goes into what list basically.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's why when I say it, people, I think sometimes look at me like I'm crazy and this, and that's what I mean when marketing automation actually isn't that hard. What's hard is the decisions you make before you do the automation. Uh, so you know, as you were saying, uh, uh, when people get filtered into a certain bucket or get filtered out of that bucket, well, as an organization, you have to decide, when do we decide it's worth giving have a prospect? There's no more time. That's,
0: right. that's a tough That's decision. the number one thing we talk to our salespeople. We say the number one thing you can do to improve your sales is get better at deciding when to throw people away.
1: And it's those things that are actually hard. I feel like what I do isn't actually the hard part or you know, the hard part of what I do is making everyone else, and to say to everyone else, you have to make these decisions before we can put this in place. Uh, like let's right. say you want to start communicating with your customers. Uh, first defining what is a customer is often a lot trickier uh, than you would think. Uh, so who is a yeah. customer? Uh, how do we communicate with our customers? When do we communicate with them? Those are tricky decisions, uh, but once you make those, that's why marketing automation isn't hard. Uh, I think people think it's hard because they want the software to make the decisions for them, but right it doesn't. Uh, I actually uh, was at a training a little while ago where they said uh, that the greatest thing about you know marketing automation is that uh, you know it's nearly completely customizable. You can do almost anything you want with it. And the worst part about marketing automation is that it's almost completely customizable. You can do anything that you want with it because it doesn't provide right. you uh, with built-in best practices or guidelines.
0: You have Well, you still have to first. make the decision the first time, kind of. Exactly. You have to dictate how it's going to act to it. People yeah, people want it to make good decisions for them. It's like, that's, that's what your job is, again, is making good decisions. If it makes good decisions for you, you don't have a job. Yeah, so. You have a problem.
1: <laughs> you have a bigger problem.
0: Yeah, we tell our sales, hey, if you can't figure out when to continue pursuing something and when to toss it out, then we're going to have to find an automated system that does that, and that's going to mean you're not necessary anymore. Um, that's that, you know that's what we tell our salespeople. You don't you don't want to your advice to to people your feedback to be figure out a way to automate my whole job. Um, so yeah, yeah marketing yeah. automation can do certain stuff, but you still have to program it. You still have to tell it wh- how to make what decisions, kind of right. Yes, and
1: it's uh, interesting uh, when people. Uh and yeah, I find with CRM as well that uh, people put a lot of a attribute a lot of emotions to the system. That's like, oh, it's good or it's bad. But uh, CRM marketing automation—they're uh, not intelligent. Uh, if something "quote unquote" bad right. happened, it's because we told it the wrong thing.
0: Or uh, yeah, or straight a, back to philosophy, right? CRM There's no—it's an inanimate object. It can't be smart or stupid. It's, uh, it can't be good or bad. Or to get uh, that, on, on you.
1: high horse, uh, customizations or standardations. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I just feel like it's a PSA I have to tell everyone. Uh, one thing that makes everything I think go wrong, or half the time I notice problems, it's because of a customization that the software isn't being used in the standard way, uh, equally for CRM and marketing automation. And people will often be surprised that, like, oh, we don't. Why don't we have this functionality? It says that we have it on the website. Well, it's like yes, because the company's website thinks that we're using it in the way we're supposed to be using it. Right. We're not, so they built their product in the direction in which they thought people were using that product, which makes sense. And that's once you go down that uh, down that hole, it's hard to get back up.
0: Right. Well, it's if you're going to buy a product and use it not the way it's intended to be used, you can't complain when it doesn't go right. It's like, you, you really need to understand, really smart people figured this all out and put it all together for you, do what they tell you to do if you want to have the results basically.
1: Or just, uh, you know, I think it's even sometimes uh, more basic than that, that uh, yes, you bought this piece of software, but that doesn't mean you have bought, I guess, almost your own software. It's still another company of software that is doing things for you and it's holding your data. But this, right. it's going to operate how it's going to operate. And by doing customizations, it's almost lulling yourself into a false sense of security that you, st- that you have all this control. When, I mean, yes, you do have, uh, well, I mean, GDPR is a whole other conversation, uh, but you still do have uh, control in what you do with your customer's data and whatnot. But this, you don't have control over the system that it's being housed in and just be mentally okay with that.
0: Right. So... When talking about customizing this stuff, those kind of things, one thing that comes to mind for me is it seems like with marketing automation, it, it interacts between so many of these different systems that all call themselves marketing automation, but it seems like they kind of need to all work together to work properly. Is there kind of a basic set or or technology stack that you need for, for marketing automation to work? I mean, can you just do, you said you guys use Pardot. Can you just use Pardot? Do you need ParDot and Salesforce? Is that do you still need a couple other pieces for for it to work? What's what's the the basic level of um, you know not even specific products, but a CRM, an email delivery system, um, yeah. things to achieve certain goals that, that you need. What what basic tools do you need working with each other to have marketing automation work?
1: I mean, I think yeah depending on how small you are or how early you are uh you can get by pretty you can go you can get by a lot longer than you would think on uh crm uh i've only used salesforce and i just go the salesforce route because everything's built on salesforce but i know there are tons of others that are great as well so you definitely need that and then you definitely need a mailchimp and you definitely need google analytics you
0: So by a, a MailChimp, you just mean a, an email delivery?
1: Yeah, yeah something like system. that. And you can go a pretty long time with those three. That being said, uh, as soon as you have the bandwidth to get marketing automation, uh, I definitely think you should get in there as soon as possible. Uh, because it fundamentally affects the infrastructure of your business operations more than anyone ever appreciates.
0: You- no, you're talking about a marketing automation system, something like yes. like Pardot. I think mm-hmm. maybe Marketo, HubSpot, yeah. those kind of things. Um, but when you say CRM, email delivery, analytics, there's a lot of overlap between a lot of these. It seems like so, like like Pardot. Can you explain mm-hmm. to people the difference between how would Pardot fit into this equation? If you have an email delivery system with, let's say, Mailchimp, you have mm-hmm. Salesforce.com, you have Google Analytics. Is Par dot overlap with a lot of those? Does it replace some of some function of those? Does it just a layer in between those? Can you do marketing analytics with just the CRM email delivery, or, or I'm sorry, <laughs> marketing automation with just the CRM email delivery and it, Google? We'll just say Google Analytics to keep it simple. Um, and an a- analytics layer. Can you do automation by connecting those, or are you saying you can get away without automation for a while and then you need to add a Par dot type layer?
1: You can get out of. You can get by without automation for a while. I'd say as soon as you're at a team of maybe five people, or depending on how big uh, your company is growing, you know, before five people, something like Pardot might be too uh, resource-intensive. HubSpot is quite easy, so maybe a team that size, you know, team of less than five would be fine with that. You can get away with it, however. uh, But when you, the time you know. You need Pardot or uh, you know any sort of other marketing automation is when it's more than sending emails. Anytime you want to start getting into segmenting your base, when you want to start getting into uh, understanding your base, understanding your analytics, where are they coming from? When you really want to start tying everything, uh, multi-touch attribution. When you want to start getting that picture. That's when you're going to need uh, what I would consider like more of a true marketing automation system, because you need something Mm -hmm. that will take everything that you have in your CRM, uh, make sense of it, allow you uh, to communicate, you know, via email, social uh, in the order that you want, when you want with marketing automation. But you'll still need, uh, you know, you'll need Google Analytics, but what marketing automation will wear that sort of the missing layer is that it'll find where all of your prospects are coming from and then put them into your CRM in the right place. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot already. Uh, There are definitely other tools that uh, Risk Methods, uh, you know, we'll be looking at. We're going to, you know, visible segment. There's more that we want, but we can function, you know, this is CRM, you know, Google Analytics, marketing automation. You can probably last pretty far but we definitely need more data visualization that'll be our next uh technology tool
0: so you're saying if you take your crm your email delivery your analytics layer and you're going to be kind of manually connecting the dots between those to to see where everything comes from and then you're going to come in with your marketing automation and that that platform is going to basically connect all those for you and then automate some of the activities you do based on those connections.
1: Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I think that's, I can rephrase it much better than
0: I did. That's my sole job (laughs) here. You're the one with the information. I just then take it and try to make sense of it. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's what I'm
1: doing every day. Excellent. (laughs) That's,
0: that's that's good. Um, I mean, when we spoke ahead of time off air here uh, you know, you'd mentioned that simplifying marketing automation was kind of your, uh, your thing—that's what you wanted to really focus on. So that's what I, I think this really simplifies it. I mean, I think uh, coming in myself, I had I had questions because I had things I wanted to know. Um, <laughs> I'm not just asking these questions for the audience. I'm—I I mean, well, sometimes I'm asking them for myself. I—I I want this simplified in my own mind. Um, how this stuff works? How do you? You know, how do you organize it all? And again, I guess that's where the, that philosophy degree comes in handy. You're just organizing thoughts here for us.
1: Well, I also got very, very lucky that uh, Risk Methods is a German company. So when we were uh, doing our onboarding for Parnat, uh my boss very wisely decided that uh, it was probably better for us each to get onboarded in our native language, uh, which for me definitely isn't German. So, uh, they sent a Pardot specialist out to our Munich uh, headquarters, uh, but I went down to Atlanta to Pardot's headquarters, where I had a training with 10 complete strangers, and I just learned what the software could do and what it couldn't do. And then I come back from my training, and I was very surprised because all of my colleagues were flustered, uh, they didn't understand, they were confused. And I talked to them, I talked to my old teammates, I revisited my notes from uh, the Marketo implementation from when I was at Yesware. And what I realized was, I really think it's a mistake when you have a specialist come to your company to help you set up your marketing automation system. And the reason why is that you have someone come in the door, you might give them 10 minutes before you interrupt them they don't even get to show you how to send an email before you're getting onto, well, here's our priorities. Here's how we do things. And by the time the person right. leaves, you know, some things, but what you actually haven't learned is how the software was built to be used and how to use it. So when I was sent away with the strangers, yes, it didn't take into account our customizations and all of the weird things that, uh, you know, we do and every company does. But what I did learn is, Oh, this is what it's meant to do. This is what it's not meant mm-hmm. to do. And so, when I came back, when people wanted certain things, I could either say, "Oh, yep, yeah, perfect," or if "Not okay. it Doesn't exactly work this way, but here's a workaround." And I just, I think that part alone—if uh, you're going to do marketing automation, go elsewhere at least first. Will ca- will save you so many months of emotional angst.
0: So yeah, basically, learn with anything. I mean, it's a—it's kind of a basic principle but you have to learn how to do it properly f- before you try to make it your own uh, so you're saying go go and learn how to use it before customizing like don't try to learn it in a custom situation uh, learn you know learn, learn the way it's intended to be done and then you can go freelance
1: yeah once you under or you, or at least that way if you're doing things in the way they're not meant to be done at least it was an informed choice uh, there'll be many times where I'll uh, present you know options to the exact same. Now listen we we can do this, but here are the trade offs and as long as everyone's fine with the trade offs, then there's no problem, but at least you're ahead of the game, and you don't always get uh anticipated uh consequences sorry consequences, which they always happen anyway, but you can try and minimize for them
0: right Learn the rules before you break them Ex- um, yes. so i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna be your hype man a little bit here. it seems like. If you're going to take advice from marketing automation or on marketing automation from anyone, you want to take it from somebody who specializes in this, works for a uh, German company that um, does uh, supply chain risk management. Uh, This all just sounds (laughs) right up the, like marketing automation. This is this, and has a degree in, uh, oh my gosh, let me get this, uh, let me get this right, or studied um, uh, Greek. Stoic
1: metaphysics.
0: (laughs) That's, that's quite the resume of the person to take advice from on uh, marketing automation.
1: It's, it's unusual.
0: Yep. So let me switch gears here a little bit. I think we've kind of hit the simplification of marketing automation and what people should do. And I guess I would blame a little bit, the um, MailChimp and some of these people who call everything they do marketing automation for confusing people Um. It's a MailChimp if they if you want to sponsor us it you can still do it. Um, and we'll, <laughs> oh, uh, we'll stop MailChimp. we'll stop bad talking you but uh yeah, yeah I- they're great, but stop calling everything you do marketing automation. Um but uh can you list kind of some of the um some of the your favorite functions within marketing automation? Like what are the things, not necessarily the, the basic stuff, but what are the functions that maybe not every marketing automation system has? Um that that you just love and wouldn't want to live without?
1: That's a really great, great question. And I think, and I'm so happy you're asking me that because I don't think uh, anyone else has really asked me that before. And this is the fun uh, nerd stuff that I really like to do. Uh, One has been, uh, I love to audit, like I'm the kind of person who likes to do a lot of work on one category at once and then not have to worry about it again. Uh, So what I spent the past two weeks uh, doing was setting up every webinar promotion and follow-up and landing page and everything for all of 2018. And Mm -hmm. marketing automation allows you to do that. Uh, It's just as long as you're organized, you can create all the landing pages, you can schedule all of the emails ahead of time, uh, as long as your uh, platform has a connector with uh, whatever webinar platform you're using. You can set up automations ahead of time. So if they attend the webinar, they get the right score. If they attend the webinar, they get the right email. I don't have to worry about webinars the rest of 2018.
0: That
1: is fantastic. So there are time efficiencies there. Uh, What I think I really love about it though, or what's the most fun is uh, what I sort of call uh, like Pardot mysteries. It's often when something goes wrong and you don't know why, And as much as uh, I sound, I feel like I'm crazy for saying that it's always good because I always find those problems or those curiosities that show you an actual business problem. Sometimes it's completely unrelated to anything that I'm working on, but your marketing automation is where these little weird things tend to pop up and those often are warning signs that you're going to have a much bigger problem so i really like it because you just get to see all of your data and you can get a much better idea of problems before they happen Uh, but i really love the control it gives you uh, in terms of what data how much data you can let collect i was gonna say what you don't collect i think you want to collect everything but since marketing automation is really the first touch with all of your prospects you have the opportunity to decide how do we label, how do we filter, how do we measure, how do we record? And, uh, yeah, I think these are the most exciting.
0: Excellent. So when looking at that stuff, trying to trying to make heads or tails of it, organize it, um, I haven't used Pardot before. Does it have, like, some sort of a visual mapping of of your automation? I mean, are, are you looking at a screen, and to everyone else, is it going to look like uh, the matrix or, or – does it visually make sense? Do you have a trees of connecting things, that kind of stuff, I guess?
1: I would say actually probably both. Uh, first, it looks scary until you understand it. And actually, this is funny, this actually goes back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier, uh, simplifying. Uh, one of the reasons I think marketing automation is seems more complicated than it is, is because you don't know what you're looking at or you don't know what, uh, you either don't know what you're looking at or you don't know where to find what you're looking for, or you don't know what it's called. Because there are very few views in uh, Pardot or uh, Marketo as well that are necessarily complicated if you just know what it is, Uh, but no page is laid out. It's like a Salesforce lead page or contact page. They just assume you understand what all the information means. So if if you knew the terminology, uh, it would make immediate sense to you. Otherwise it would probably seem crazy. Uh, But the good news is is that uh, the people who make marketing automation software thankfully know that the people using it aren't rocket scientists, (laughs) that we're not engineers. And uh, all of this stuff isn't hard to learn. It takes a little bit of time. You have to put in a little bit of effort, but it's not actually difficult material. And then once you just spend a little bit of time understanding, oh, what does this dashboard mean? Then it's as clear as day.
0: Right, so so it is the matrix, basically. Yeah. You need an operator. <laughs> you, know, you need an operator to make heads or tails of it. Or YouTube. Yeah. Or or oh my God, YouTube. Yeah.
1: There's some or, really good. <laughs> or I mean, not YouTube. Uh, I'm sure there's some great or some te- there, there's great and sure there's some terrible training out there as well.
0: Yeah. No, but uh, YouTube is great for that. Anything you want to learn in any system, just Google it on you. You know, search it on YouTube, and you'll find countless people giving demonstrations on how to do it.
1: And, uh, all of these companies have great resource centers. I've spent so much time on the Marketo and Par. One. uh, they have office hours, uh, you know, they really make it, uh, you, you know, of course you have to put in that little bit of effort yourself, but they do make it easy for you.
0: It's good. It's what separates capable people from everyone else.
1: Or just, you know, again, uh, I was at a conference, uh, this past uh, fall, I think it was the B2B, uh, marketing, uh, professors conference. And I forget whose talk it was, but, uh. One of the keynotes said that in 10 years there are gonna be two kinds of marketing jobs. The ones where the software manages you and the ones where you manage the software. And which job do you think that you want? And I was like, Yeah, I'm glad I've chosen I'm glad I was going in this direction already. But you know, I really do think that, you know, it's interesting that the the software is getting so advanced so quickly that you it really uh every marketer should you know they don't need to become an expert but at least become a bit more literate because as you were saying earlier marketing's on the hook more than ever that's not going to change so even if you're on more uh even if you're a field marketer you need to know how your leads are going to get into your marketing automation system then get into salesforce and the right salesforce campaign so i I encourage i encourage every marketer i work with to sort of get over the fear factor and really uh just start learning, because you're going to need to
0: know. Right. So you're saying marketers are basically going to get se- separated into people who uh, know how to operate these things, know how to program the logic, and then just kind of commodity marketers. Um, I mean I yeah, I
1: mean, I, by commodity, I mean cool, they yeah. they
0: become a commodity themselves. You're not going to be you're not going to have a useful skill necessarily without being guided by somebody who knows how to program this kind of logic, who Understands the matrix when they look at it, kind of with these marketing automation systems. So, if you aren't willing to actually learn how these are supposed to be used, you're going to be left behind in marketing, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a you know, it's a little uh, harsh to say, but you know, it does seem true, and it's certainly not as if this is a, you know, really a surprise. Uh, the digital revolution is upon us, and there's just no reason to think it's slowing down.
0: It's basically sorry, marketers, but accountability's here. You got to get your stuff together, or you're going to be left behind. Excellent.
1: We've had warnings, so that's the good news. And every like, it's good that we have this. That marketing automation really seems to be reaching uh, maturity, where it's seen. I mean, I think it'll still always be seen as an add-on to a CRM to a certain extent, just because uh, you know CRMs are usually there first and they're a bit older. Uh, But marketing automation is an opportunity for marketers to really uh, improve, help their careers. You know, when you think about the Salesforce reporting, the uh, board decisions are made based on the Salesforce numbers, but those numbers come from your marketing automation first. It's the marketing automation that feeds Salesforce those numbers. So it's really a great opportunity to be involved in so many business decisions as well.
0: Right. Yeah, you can be like the rock star salespeople in, in marketing with this all this accountability that comes. You, you can be a rock star marketer.
1: And you know what? When it went wrong, you can at least say where it went wrong, and you can say why well, it won't happen
0: again. Yeah, and and I guess it's a good trend. Also, if if you really know what you're doing, you're seeing more and more companies that are commissioning their marketers. They're saying, "Hey, we can track this, so let's commission them." And that's why salespeople can make so much money when they're good. So it, it kind of yeah, some people are going to be cut off the bottom that don't bother to learn this stuff, don't want to learn it, don't have the capacity to learn it. But those people who Really want to embrace it and get really good at their marketing craft, um, you're going to be able to make a lot more because you can prove your value. Kind of, you can say, you know, I'm adding this to the bottom line. Whereas in the past, yeah, the salespeople got all that, all those accolades and all that, uh, all the commission kind of went to them. Marketing, uh, we're going to be able to step in and take a little bit of that pie for ourselves.
1: And, you know, one thing I just think that, uh, you know, from, you know, even just from an enjoyment to life perspective, you know, again with my education background, I'm someone who really likes learning new things. where the reason why I felt like getting experience in marketing automation just almost opened a whole new world for me. It wasn't just that I was suddenly learning so much, but that I realized this is just the beginning. We're gonna look back in ten years and what marketing automation is today. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna think it was cute. It's going to like AI. Uh, I mean, and data privacy is fascinating. That this is really going to be an interesting area and the technology is going to develop so quickly. And being on top of it, uh, you're just going to learn so many things. And I also, uh, like completely unrelated, think that uh, digital privacy is going to be one of the big uh, civil rights issues. Uh, more, I mean, I know it's one now, but I think it's going to be an even bigger one. Free speech. Uh, weirdly enough, marketers with marketing automation, we're going to be right in the middle of all of this.
0: Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely getting interesting. So like you said, in 10 years, it'll be funny to look back at something like this and and like you said, laugh at it. I always like to tell our people, try to always be embarrassed by what you did the year before. Um, Yeah. You know, because you you should be constantly improving.
1: That that, that works. I was like, oh yeah, no, that definitely applies for me.
0: Whether it's a creative, you're writing, everything you're doing, you want to look back and not say, wow, I was really killing it. (laughs) You know, that means uh, you've taken a turn for the worse. You got to look back and say, I can't believe I wrote that last week or yesterday or whatever it is. Um, yeah, What it, were
1: we thinking?
0: It feels weird, but don't defend your actions of the past. Just, you know, say, wow, I'm better, way better than that now is a lot better thing for people to hear than, uh, no, no, what I did last year was awesome.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, one of the things I do uh, during trainings, as you can probably tell, I do a lot of them, is I tell everyone, you have no idea how many stupid mistakes I've made because I've gotten good, I've also covered a lot of them up, but it's okay when you're learning. Uh, First of all, like we're not going to give you permissions where you can really mess anything up uh, that badly, but it's okay not to feel comfortable. It's okay if it's not perfect or it feels messy. Learning never feels, there is uh, something a little bit uncomfortable, but that's, you know, it's okay, get comfortable with that feeling. It'll be better next time and just sort of, you know, push yourself. You'd be surprised.
0: I think that's, I mean, that's one of the general principles that I think makes American the entrepreneurial spirit we have so successful. Is our culture says it's okay to fail and say, "Yep, I, you know, I made the wrong direction here, and now I'm correcting." And so many, uh, so many places around the world that that's just not acceptable to say that that you did something wrong. Uh, you know, you, you can't be the CEO of a company and say you made a mistake or the wrong decision or something like that. And so basically, you point your ship in one direction and you. You just bury your head in the sand. And that's, uh, that's not a, you know, it's why we have so many successful, um, you know, startups in that kind of atmosphere here, I think.
1: Yeah, you just, you have to be willing to take a chance, uh, be willing to acknowledge when something doesn't work out and move quickly. It's just, you know, I think they always create, there's uh, so many buzzwords around, you know, creating a culture of failure. And yeah, I just think there's a, a way to get people to be less nervous. Be less anxious uh, because when you're nervous and when you're anxious, uh, at least, especially in marketing automation, uh, almost all mistakes happen when people are freaked out, whether it's because they made a mistake, someone's yelling at them, they're tense. Because, uh, you know, I'm certainly not a scientist, but I've reading the New York Times obsessively, uh, that you know, when your brain is focused on worrying, and you're not thinking about what you're supposed to be doing, you're not having as many good ideas, you're forgetting what you know, the adrenaline's uh, flowing, and that's when you make the mistakes. Whereas when you're like, okay, deep breaths, this is uncomfortable, step back, let me Google this, let me phone a friend. <laughs> that's when you can have a learning opportunity, or at least just not make a mistake. But you know, what? if you do, yeah. you fix it.
0: When in doubt, Google it. People come to me with questions and I say, have you Googled it yet? Uh, I can't answer every question, but Google can.
1: Well, that's what I've so- uh- also sort of uh, started implementing. And actually, I wasn't sure about this, but when I started getting uh, more questions for help with uh, things with Pardot, it's always been challenging for me what know when, when it's the right time to take the training wheels off. And by that I mean is when are they ready to really do this by themselves or do I need to still keep helping them? And it's different with everyone, but for the last two people I've trained, I've done it a lot sooner where as soon as I think, you know, I really always begin emphasizing on terminology because if you don't know your terms, you don't know what to do for. But once they have the basics and once they have the terms, because I start with that now, then I'm much sooner saying, you know what, I think you, I, I actually think you're ready to look for this on yourself. Like here's the link to the resource page. I think you're ready, but I—I I as I mentioned, the only reason I was able to do that uh, sooner is that I realized, oh, I was sending them to Google, but they didn't know what to Google for. I first need to teach them the terms to Google for.
0: Right, right. They, yeah, they have, like you said, they have to know the terminology. Yeah, I'll tell people they'll come to me with a question in my comp- just general business, not about marketing automation or something that specific. But um, I'll ask them to Google it and let me know the answer. Even when I know the answer, just to get them to Google it also and you know, maybe I'll learn something new and uh, hopefully I'll at least know if they got the right answer, if I already know the answer. Um, So we're running a little long here. I want to wrap it up. But before I do, can you list off, we've mentioned a couple of them here, but just to give people a little list of kind of the most popular marketing automation platforms that people want to start looking into them or just know what else is out there if they're already using one. um, Can you rattle a couple off for us?
1: Oh, certainly. So I think the ones I mentioned are the Pardot, Marketo, HubSpot, uh, MailChimp. I haven't used this uh, too much,
0: <gasps> You but... said MailChimp.
1: Oh, no, sorry. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> See, this, is, this is why it's terrible. When people ask, what's marking on Like, this is why uh, my gra- I, called, when I told my grandmother about this job. I was like, I have no idea what to say to her. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. because- And you know, the thing is, like, they do have certain automations in there. So you can't say it's really not either. So I guess we could say of companies that call themselves marketing automation. uh, But I would also. You have
0: to tier them. You could say they're kind of very low level marketing automation. That's
1: low level. Something that's in between, uh, which I don't have as much experience, I'd sort of put it between uh, HubSpot and MailChimp is autopilot. Uh, As I said, I haven't used it too much myself, but uh, from the little I have, it seems like it's a nice halfway point.
0: Okay. Excellent. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of that one.
1: Yeah. I think if we hadn't wanted to go with Pardot quite as quickly, we might have uh, spent more time there, but that one's really interesting. And then uh, other ones, which I also haven't had as much time to play around with yet uh, that would sort of be a higher level would be things like uh segment and visible.
0: Is is that one solution or are those two different things?
1: Oh, no, those are, uh, those are two different ones. Those are both uh, sort of reporting and more uh, advanced data analytics and uh, easier ways to segment uh, your database. Nice. But we don't even have those at-risk methods yet right now. Uh, you know, uh, I like to think of Pardot or really uh, any of the robust marketing automation systems as a pot, as a pizza pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, well, I mean, yes, you could eat the whole pizza at once, but in theory, you know, you really need to go slice at a time. And I think we still have about three more slices at risk methods before we're really ready to take on a new tool.
0: So a lot of these things are like kind of little modules almost that you can add on for another another bit of functionality that maybe even a Pardot doesn't have where you're going to add, you know, you mentioned segment. Was the other one visible? Yes. Visible, okay.
1: Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I, it's almost like, you know, you have Salesforce and you have all these other apps that, uh, you know, build onto it. It's like the same things happening for marketing automation that you're now getting all of these apps to build onto those platforms.
0: Right, we're making monsters here. What's that, uh, Megatron? You're making a marketing automation Megatron.
1: Well, I almost just wonder, like, well, the whole world just end up being one open API in the end. Well, every technology end up integrating with every. Like, where does the open API end?
0: Marketing Legos, you just plug together whatever things you want. Hey, that would be great. It sounds good to me. Um, so leading out here, I want to I want to mention a couple things um, about you, Ali. Uh, we're speaking with Ali Jawin. I'm sorry, I haven't said your name enough on the podcast here. I'll, I'll say it five times fast at the end. <laughs> um, but um, you can reach her on LinkedIn at Ali Jawin. Uh, just uh, type it in and you'll find it. It's A L I J A W I N. Uh, Twitter, you want me to give out your Twitter handle?
1: Uh, yes, please. It might it'll make All me right. use Twitter.
0: <laughs> it's at a Um, and then your email address. Do you want that given out? Or you want to keep I'm that to sure. yourself?
1: That'd be great.
0: Okay. Email address, don't send her junk. Uh, that's not the email address, that's my note to you. But email address is Ali.jowin at risk Um, and then uh anything else that you wanna that you wanna mention on how to contact you on on your company, on marketing automation and how to keep it simple, anything like that?
1: Uh, No, uh, you know, email, LinkedIn, Twitter is all great. Uh, I would like to add that uh, Risk Methods is hiring in our Boston and Munich office. So uh, we're seeing remote applications. We're growing really quickly and I need many more colleagues to train on marketing automation. So if this hasn't uh, sounded too scary and you'd like to work with me. uh, Yeah, please uh, shoot me over an email as well as I'm happy to talk to anyone about marketing automation at any time. Uh, I don't have anyone else here at my company too. And people get bored about talking about it with me. So I'm always looking for new marketing automation friends.
0: That's awesome. You need somebody that'll listen in your company. So if you're yeah, listening, and you're looking for a job in marketing. Uh, you've got a little bit of a leg up on, uh, on what, uh, Ali's looking for here.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's a huge, huge advantage for, for getting hired over there at, uh, at risk methods. All right. Um, well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, Remember, uh, I, I've added a little plug here at the end, uh, and I kind of kind of stumbled on the first attempt here. But uh, thank you, thank you all for listening. This is the Elephant Test Podcast. We had uh, Ali Jawin today, and uh, here at the Elephant Test, we like to say, "If you market, they will come." A quick word from our sponsor:
1: Effective marketing starts with good data. At Mountaintop Data, we are experts at developing and maintaining high-quality marketing lists with tens of millions of highly accurate records and more data being added daily. We're sure to have the contacts you need. Learn more at mountaintopdata.com.
0: Hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Elephant Test. Check out the show notes at elephanttest.com. Thank you so much for listening from all of us here at The Elephant Test. Until next time.